At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. That's where he learned how to have relationships with everybody else because he submitted, number one, to his parents. Had a right attitude toward them. Even though there were some things, they were all amazed in the temple at 12 years old in everything that he knew. Man, he could have gotten in pride and, may, and, and challenged all of them and rebuked his parents and, hey, I'm the promised one, get out of my way. Stayed submitted. There was his success. Can you say amen? So I'm saying to you today, and I want you to think about this, that God has chosen submission as the principle of the kingdom. God has chosen submission as the principle of the kingdom, which sets the tone for every relationship in your life. Every relationship. Between relationships between you and God, relationship between husband and wife, that's a relationship in the Bible, relationship between parent and child, and vice versa, relationship between employer and employee, relationship between pastor and congregation, and relationship between friend and friend. And in every one of those relationships, we see in Scripture here, that God has chosen submission in those relationships as the principle to His kingdom operating in those relationships. So friendship relationships, as we're going to read here in just a moment, are huge. You don't just develop friendships with just anybody. One of the things that I've realized about friendship relationships is you never develop relationship, ever, if you want it to be good. You never develop a relationship with somebody out of their offense. Mm. So dangerous. When someone's offended, see the potential... You, me, all of us, we all have the, the potential to be offended. And when you start developing a relationship with an offended person, that will get on you if you have no guards or, or any discernment in how to develop a correct relationship. I'll just give you myself today. This wasn't necessarily me 30 years ago, but I'll tell you about today. You come in my life, I mean, you know, with most people, you pretty much know where they're at in life in about five minutes because they let you know about their life with most people. That's all right. Whatever. But any time that I hear any form of offense, someone talking about someone else, especially as a pastor, somebody that comes into the church here and they've been in another church, And they want to tell me how great I am. Oh, that message you preached was the best I've ever heard. 
when I was over at such and such church, they said this and did this. I mean, I'll still love you. You, you can come sit in here, but there's a big X right over your forehead. There's some work that needs to be done. Not an X like you can't be a part, no. But you, I, my spirit man will watch because that offense right there that got stirred up in another place will get stirred up right here. We're talking about developing friendships, relationships. Messages like this will challenge people that have issues. Like I said last week, I'm not looking at anybody in here and preaching this message. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, God doesn't think enough of you to give me a message that's directed right to you. But I know people and I know life and I know situations that people go through and everybody has had bad relationships and the potential for offense. I don't care who you are. So it's not like, like when I said an ex, I, I don't mean like that, you know, oh my gosh, steer clear of them. No, 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 actually, I, I want you, I want, I, you, you need to be here. You need to hear what we preach. You need to come and, and, and be ministered to and helped through the situation that you're in. That's what I'm talking about. But if you, allow, if you overlook those things in relationships with people, It'll bite you, and it'll bite you hard. My encouragement to you is to be aware of that because in relationships, you and I have to learn how to submit to the other person in the relationship. Sometimes relationships, there's more than one person. But mostly what we're talking about in this series is the relationship that you have with another person. First and foremost, your responsibility is to submit to them. If you want to develop a relationship, you have to submit to that. You have to submit to the principles that God has with that relationship. We talked about friend, friend, pastor, congregation, employer, employee, parent, child, husband, wife, God and man. In all of those, we've got to submit to the other person in that relationship based on how I would submit to God. And I have to know how to do that. If I don't know how to do that, then I'm, I'm going to end the relationship. That's why, that's why you don't hear of a person says, man, let me tell you about all these great relationships I have. I mean, it's like on a scroll. I mean, it, I mean it's hundreds of them. I mean, just every relationship. Most of them are this is bad and that happened and this thing and this one and that and all of that. Why? Because what we're lacking is submission to the principles of God and the truths of God where relationships are concerned. And I'm telling you, it's all through Scripture. John 15 and verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And Jesus said this to us, you're my friends, if you do what I tell you. If I do what, I, what I'm commanding you to do, in anything and everything, he said, then you're, you're my friends. Hmm. Wow, that seems conditional. Some of the things that I've just said, 
it's gotten a little quiet and it's making you think? Who does Jesus think he is to put conditions on what I have to do for him to call me a friend? What are those conditions? Submission. When we submit to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, He said He calls us friends. And not a casual friend. That word friend there is not some like somebody you play golf with on weekends. It's a covenant friend. And when you look at that word covenant, you go back to the word that we talked about last week concerning communion. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you that verse again. I think I had that somewhere. Didn't I have that? Yes, I have it right here. Second Corinthians um, 13 and verse 12. He said, greet one another with a holy kiss. I'm, I'm not preaching that we have to kiss everybody in friendships. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Be with you. The communion of the Holy Spirit. And that word communion that we looked at in the Greek is the word relationship, kinship, family, connection. And I gave you one definition that was kind of it was, it was a definition from the Greek, and it's kind of bold, but it, it, it said social intercourse. And the longer I thought about that, you might think that's one thing, but it's social interconnection. I mean, like your family, like your real friends. There's like there's real relationship, a development of it. And in the development of relationship, there's a lot of differences on both ends. And they have to be worked through. And if you're just selfish in developing relationship and you're not considering and submitting to the principles of God, what, what are one of the principles that I, that I would submit to in having a relationship with Randy right here? One of the principles that come to my mind, you got to know the Word to know what the principles are, but one of the principles would be the way you want to be treated, you take the first step and you treat them that way. That's one of the principles of submission. However you want to be treated, you treat them that way first. Well, if they treat me and if they'll do that, Pastor, then I, I'll think about it. You're going to be thinking to, to the end of time because it isn't going to work out. You're the one that's in control. Remember I said right at the beginning, this is not for the weak-hearted. You have to, you have to, th think about everything that's involved in you treating somebody you don't like. I mean, you're ticked off at them. You don't like their attitude. You don't like what they've done. But you're going to treat them. Now, let me, let me, let me say this, and I'll say this a lot through this series. 
I'm not talking about somebody that's done something immoral, illegal, or something that goes totally contrary to the Word of God in the form of some kind of abuse. I'm not talking about that. That's a whole other thing that we'll get to at the end of this series, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the difficulties soulishly that you deal with with people on a day-to-day basis. Did you hear what I said? And when you think about that, so, so I'm going to treat, say I don't like, I like Randy. Let's say I don't. And then I, he does all these things I don't like. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So you, 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 you're making yourself, you do, you have to make yourself, you're making yourself do something nice for that person. Hmm? So I buy something for Randy and I give it to him. He looks at it like, you know, what the heck? You know? And then, and then the, you do something like that, and then you, you let him know, hey, I just wanted you to know, man, I was praying for you today. And then you say something else, you do something, but you make yourself do and treat him the way you want to be treated. Man, there's a lot of battling going on in your soul over that. You don't, number one, most of the time you don't want to do it, right? Number two, we try to do it within our own ability instead of, praying in the Holy Ghost, learning to hear from God like Jesus did. That's why I shared all those things with you in the relationship that Jesus had with the Holy Ghost, that he had with his parents, he had with the Father. I only do the things that I hear and see my Father do. It was because of the connection he had with the Holy Ghost. Only way to know the will of the Father about any type of relationship that you're dealing with is through the Father. And you know, here's the, uh, here's the other thing. I might have a relationship here with Randy, okay? But then Brian having a relationship, you know, with Tony back there. And, and similar type situations that either one of us are not liking or back and forth or whatever it is, but Brian's handling it a little bit different because of what Holy Ghost is telling him how to handle that situation. So see, there's not really, there's, most of the time there's not some textbook where you can read this if you do it just like that. The textbook is the Word. And the textbook has to be, the Word of God has to be the Holy Spirit revealing it to you every time you need to deal with the situation and develop a right relationship. I'll just ask you this question. Don't answer this. Don't raise your hand. Don't do anything. Just think about this. Do you think the relationships that you are struggling with are hurting your advancement in the kingdom? Think about it, because everybody in here is struggling with something in the form of a relationship. Is that hindering you? So if your first thought is, yeah, but Pastor, I've got this good relationship and this good one and this good one and this good one, worst thing you can say, worst thing you can do is meditate on all the good that you're doing. You know, I mean, yeah, stay, stay doing that and, and, and stay with it and, and, you know, pat yourself every once in a while, you know, but focus on where the enemy's trying to rob you of advancement in so many areas of your life and don't think, don't think that those relationships that you're not dealing with, don't think that they're not affecting your advancement because I promise you that they are. So communion and covenant, those two different relationships that we're talking about have to do with, they have to do with relationship, number one, but they have to do with family and blood relation. 
And remember, I told you, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He's redeemed us back to where we originally started with Adam before they sinned in the garden. That's what he redeemed us back. So now, my lineage is not with the Wimberley family. My lineage is with the Jesus family. Amen? Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God, he redeemed me back to my real family. Thank God for my blood family here on earth. Thank God for them. And the more I'm connected to this family, the more I can make those relationships right the way they need to be. Hmm. And I can just testify to you that I've done it, I'm doing it, and I will continue to do it for the rest of my life. And I had some really bad relationships. And most of them were because of me. That's the way I see it today. You mean that none of them ever did anything? No, whatever they did, it's out of sight, out of mind now. It's, it's away from me because I'm aware of what I did, and I changed that, and now it's like I'm learning not to see all those things that were there. You can do that. I've done it, but I'm doing it. And I'm continuing to do it, and I will continue to do it. So don't ever think, me preaching this, that I got to this place where I don't have to do this anymore. And don't think, if you embrace what I'm telling you about, that you won't do this for the rest of your life. But the liberation it produces, whoa! Because you're to the place where... And people try, the devil tries all the time through people, but you get to a place where you're unoffendable. You, you can't hurt me. You can try. It may take me a couple of days to get past it, but as I meditate on the Word and I focus on my trust in God and the one who has liberated me, the one who said he would never leave me nor forsake me to the ends of the earth, I, 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 am, I will... I will, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. I'll never leave you. Someday, you know, something happens, something gets stirred up, the potential is there. So don't think it's not going to come. It'll come. And it'll come even more the more you learn how to deal with relationship. But you will go back to the principles if you've got them established inside of you. Because we have a responsibility to live this life just like he said, and there's no erring. <laughs> well, like I told you, first few years, those, some of those scriptures I just quoted a few minutes ago, man, I just looked over those, just turned those pages. Kind of get those pages stuck together so I don't ever have to read any of that. Mm -mm. Those are the ones I needed the most. Because they were helping me get out of the mess that I brought into the kingdom in my soul that I didn't know how to deal with. So God's got the scriptures there, but i got to be willing to look at them and, and learn to renew my mind and process that nowhere in scripture is God being forceful with you and I. Never will he, he be overpowering. Never is he coming at us in an ugly way like you piece of trash, you made all these mistakes, you had these attitudes. No, he knows we did. He's trying to get our attention through his word so he can deliver us so we can live on this life and help the next person get over it. You're walking around with that trash on you, you're not helping anybody. 
you will not help anybody because you can't help yourself. Born again, spirit-filled, prospering, good things are happening here, but you got these relationships and they're trying to hold you back from what God put you here to accomplish. John 14 and verse 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Verse 21 says, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love, and manif- love him and manifest myself to him. If we keep and do the things, I'm getting you to interject in here having to do with relationships. If we keep, what are his commandments? They're the things that he tells us to do in his word. If we keep those things where relationships are concerned, then the manifestation of the God that loves us will go deep within your heart, and what will happen? You'll be able to love other people with the love that you're loved with. And you begin to experience that love when you begin to deal with those relationships. I just, I'm not going to say a lot about it, but just in, in one of those, my relationship with my mother, that I had, a, I had a real difficult relationship with her through the years. But when I, when I went after and I began to pursue her and I began to treat her the way I wanted to be treated, and when I began to forgive her of things that, you know what? When I realized she did things to me or the lack thereof because she didn't know how to do for me. And when I realized that a lot of the decisions she made in life were because of the hurt and all the trash that she dealt with, then I was able to have compassion and forgive her, and it was like it never happened. Literally, it was like it never happened. In the last years of her and my life here, I was able to lead her to the Lord in our last years, you know, were great years together, as good as they could be in some of the things, choices that she had made in life. But it's amazing how you begin when you forgive people and you step out of those situations in those relationships with other people, how much love that you feel from the Father, that you really realize how much He loves you. Because in the natural, how can you love people like that? You can't. You don't want to love people like that. You can't love people. When you see it from His perspective, and you begin to work on those relationships based on his commands and his truths, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So, I want to just read the passage again, and I'm I'm going to read this and kind of end this message today in this Ephesians 6. 1 through 9, and I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. But I'm, I'm going to read it, and I'm just going to kind of stop as I go and just make a number of different comments about these different relationships that they're talking about here. And I, I want you to see things. Ba- you know, isn't it amazing? You, you may have read this many, many times, but all of a sudden, based on what I'm talking about today, you see things in here that you've never seen before. I promise you, you will. Verse 1, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you 
and the Lord will help you. If I'm doing what my parents tell me to do, why would I need the Lord's help? Because sometimes, remember, we're not talking about doing something illegal, immoral, or goes against the Word. But sometimes, as a child, you don't want to do what your parents said. Sometimes, when push comes to shove, as you're growing as a child, even Jesus at 12 years old, take Jesus at 12. His parents reprimanded him for not, for, for, for being in, I mean, he was gone for three or four days by the time they got back to him, maybe even longer than that. And so they, they corrected him in that situation, but he chose to submit to them. He said, did you not realize that I had to be, a, I was in my father's house doing my father's business? that's a good reason, but he, he scared them. They, I mean, think of you being in, you know, you're in Kerrville and you, you travel to Austin and uh, you come back to Kerrville and you realize that your child is not with you. And you've got to go find your child and try to figure out where they're at. I mean, you know, in this day and time, it was no different in that day and time. They were upset. And you have to look at that situation as a child and realize your parents don't know everything. (laughs) Maybe they're not going to always have, make the best choices, but your responsibility as a child is to do what they said, and the Lord will help you to do that even if you don't like it. Most of us think that we grow up and well, we're away from our parents and we don't have to do anything that our parents say. Mm, not so. You know, notice it didn't say honor your parents as a promise until you're 18. 18, was 18 mean, right? No, you honor your parents. How you do that changes. And you better know how to do it. And the only way you're going to know how to do it the Lord will help you. (laughs) The Holy Ghost we've been talking about, He will help you how to honor your parents to the end. To the end. When I said that, all of a sudden, some of the parents are seeing themselves as a child because you still have parents. I still have my father. Becky still has her mother here on the earth, and we have to honor our parents as children. My, my dad is going through some struggles and dealing with some things in his, with his mind, his thinking, his memory, and those kind of things. I have people all the time telling me, well, you know, just, uh, just put your dad over here, do this, or, or whatever. I mean, you, 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 that's taking too much of your time. <laughs> I can't do that. No, I'm not saying other people can't do that. You can do whatever God tells you to do. I can't do that. It would be dishonoring to my father not to take care of him the best that I can. So we have to see ourselves here. See, it's not poor me, I have to take care of my dad. No, the Lord is helping me. 
because I'm doing what He told me to do. And in what I'm doing, I'm empowering myself to fulfill my purpose and my calling. Nobody in the work or whatever I do for anybody on the planet will not hinder the plan of God if I trust Him. Ever. Remember, this isn't for the weak-hearted. Did you hear me? For the commandment, honor your father and mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. Talking about me? How about you? Talking about me? Well, my parents are gone and I didn't do that. That's where you have to receive the forgiveness. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. See, you have to know what the Word says about how you deal with every situation because everybody's situation is different. I just gave you something that I'm doing for my dad. If it, doesn't, if it sounds like I'm being all this and doing all this stuff and you're doing nothing, don't do that. Use what I'm saying as an example that I've heard from God about what to do and that's what I'm doing. That's what you have to do. We're just talking about this one relationship. Then it says, fathers, don't exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline, discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of the Lord. As a father, knowing especially when my children were younger, I exasperated my children. But he said, don't. <laughs> he said, don't exasperate your children. Don't frustrate your children. Teach them the Word of God. But for every time that I frustrated my children and exasperated my children, I can promise you that I gave them the truth of the Word of God. When I did things that I shouldn't have done, or not, not talking about illegal, immoral, or goes against the Word, I'm talking about things that I did that were maybe not kind, or I was too rough, I was frustrated, or whatever, I always came back and apologized to them for what I had done. Not for the action, but the way I did it. See, because I'm responsible for that. So that, so that what? So that what I'm giving my children is creating revelation in their life. Because, see, first and foremost, you're my children, you as a child, you're God's first, and then second, your parents here. Heavenly Father's our real Father. Can you say amen to that? Then he goes on to say, those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Not for the weak-hearted. Yeah, but you don't know what this guy said and what this guy's done and what this and what that and who this and who that. It says, serve them with humility in your hearts as though you were working for the master. That's how we have to see relationships. You're working for somebody... You know, I've heard people say this, and if you've said it, that, that's great. 
You know, I'm not against this at all. But I've heard people say in relationships that, well, you know, I just want to work for a Christian. Well, okay. I don't know about you, but I've worked for some Christians that... Hmm? Where's the world? <sighs> huh? Done business with some people that were Christians. No, wherever I'm at, where God has got me something, if I'm working for someone else and God got me that job and I know God got me that job, then I need to respect that person as though I was working for the master. That's what he said. We'll touch on some of this in in later messages, but there is something that we have to see about the Lord's direction in every relationship that we develop And if we don't see the Lord's direction in it, then we'll allow our natural minds to tell us we're justified to act and do any way we want to act. See, the problem with this a lot of times is that people think if you do something the way God is instructed in here, that you're letting people walk over you. And that's what we have to work out within our soul. Never will God take you to a place of you being under a situation? The Bible says we're on top and we're not underneath. Can you say amen? And what looks like you allowing somebody to take control of you by you submitting to what they said, not illegal, not immoral, not goes against the word, things in that way, because if you're, if you're asked to do things in those three categories that I just mentioned, remember the Lord's helping you. And he's going to show you how to do that. you got to quit, quit. That's what God's telling you to do because of the, Im- the immoral things or whatever that are there. I've had to quit things that I've done like that because of immorality. But you're not quitting because you're running from something. You're quitting because you're led by the Holy Spirit. Because I can't tell you how many people through the years where I worked for other people how that my life touched their lives. One quick story, and if you've been around here very long, you've heard this story. And if you have, just look straight ahead and act like you've never heard it before. Amen? So I, I lived in the valley, and I worked for, I had my own business down there. I had about 20 car dealerships that I worked for. And um, as I worked for these, the car dealers, <clears throat> this car, uh, the different dealers, there was one where the owner's mother, she paid all the bills. It was a big dealership and new car dealership, and, and, the, and the mother of the owner paid all the bills. So when I first started working there, I had to take my receipts to her, leave them on her desk, and then I had to wait till she pay. And people would say, man, watch out for her. Man, she'll, you know. You, you don't expect, if you need money, when you, when you turn the receipts in on Friday, if you need money by Monday, don't, don't put your faith that you're going to get it that Monday. It may be two or three weeks before she decides to write you a check. And I said, really? I said, yeah, she's a piece. So first day, I can remember to this day, I said, and I'm not going to say who it is because it doesn't matter, but I just said, I said a hi to her, and I said, uh, here, here's my receipt. 
And uh, she's sitting at her desk, and she didn't even reach out for anything. She just kind of stared at me. I said, this is my receipt. And so I just put it on her desk, and I just stood there. She looks at me, and she says, okay. You'll get a check when I get, a time, when I get time to write it out. Yes, ma'am. And I walked out of there, and the Lord said, she's on your list. You're going to treat her the way you want to be treated. And it took about maybe four or five months or so, but man, that nut began to crack. Little by little by little. Wouldn't get, sometimes get my check for two or three weeks. She didn't like what I, what I did, and she didn't want to have to pay me. Long story short, about six months in or so, I started getting my checks every Monday. I'd walk in there, because I'd go in there, and, and, and just to see if my check was ready, and I, for those previous six months, and I'd just say, good to see you. I was just seeing if my check was ready, but I know you're busy. I, I mean, man, running a place like this, and I'd tell her, I said, but, you know, my, I'm just a little guy, and I said, no need to hurry my check or anything. I was just checking. I was here at the dealership and just wanted to make sure that my check wasn't ready. She'd never say a thing. Six months in, one day I go, and there's my check. Every Monday, like clockwork, there was my check. Because I, I worked, they were my biggest dealer. And I worked every week there. Every Monday would be there. One Monday, I get there, and she says to me, so why do you treat me the way you do? I said, excuse me? She said, why do you treat me like you do? I said, how am I treating you? Nice. You treat me nice. Why? So, you know, she asked me and I told her. I said, the first day when I came in here, she, I said, uh, you seemed really upset or whatever. And I started praying for you that day. And the Lord told me, you treat her the way you want to be treated, not based on how she's treating you. And she just looked at me. And from that day forward, whew, we had an amazing relationship. And I was able to lead that lady to the Lord. I left the valley. We left, Becky and I left the valley in 1989. I had worked at that dealership for about five years, I guess. And I left there in 1989. And in 1992, I get a call that she was driving in town and took off at a stoplight into the middle of the intersection and somebody ran and they hit her right in her door and killed her. She died. And when I leave here and I'm in heaven, I will see her. And we'll have a connection because she believed in Jesus. Because, only one reason, only one reason. Because I chose to treat her the way I wanted to be treated. And it took time, but she was drawn toward me. She was drawn toward the God in me, right? And that's what people need today. In every relationship that I just mentioned with you, to you today, the relationship between you and God, husband and wife, employer, employee, um, what else? Church and congregation, and friend and friend, and all the different types of relationships that we have. 
we need who God is and the principles that Jesus taught and the principles he lived by to be on the inside of us as we develop relationships day to day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.